0: By zombies. I thought we weren't using the Z-word. <laughs> I like it. Sorry, guys. I was like, maybe we shouldn't quote this that movie because it's so easy to quote. We have so much fun with it. You know, because we already recorded this episode. Bing, bong, boom. This is Slashers. A horror movie. Nope. A podcast about movies and more for <laughs> those who love horror. I've decided to make that like a bit. Just so you know, like you're not laughing at me, you're laughing with me because I wanted to make it sound like I mm-hmm. fucked up my mm-hmm. own tagline. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, Okay, horse. <laughs> I am Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. What's happening, party peeps? And to my right, Brian's left, Jim's front, is Chad, producer Chad. Chad, greet these motherfuckers. What's up, pricks? And from... The clutches of devilry and villain. You know, Jim's been on a bender. I'm not going to. This is actually an intervention. (laughs) Jim, less whores, less hookers, more slashers. Am I right? More
1: blow. Maybe a little more cocaine. (laughs) A little more cocaine. Never hurt anybody. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Never hurt a soul, right? Welcome back, my friend. It's been a while. How you doing? I'm good. Good to be back. Good. For some reason, Instagram is saying that it can't load our IGTV. It just says video can't be loaded. Those pricks. You gotta huh. love it. I think Zuckerberg heard you talking shit. I've done that many a time, especially <laughs> specifically <laughs> at him. So he can G E T F U C K E D F O U R E Y E S. I say I, I said we weren't going to quote the movie, but this is my way of getting around it. Cause I spelled. And if you know what spelling is, you know what I just referred to get, guys get 40 Yeah, something <laughs> this week. We are doing Sean of the dead. And as I already referred to, we had a technical malfunction and we're here again. I'm very excited because I feel like it was a dry run. Now we've lubed up and we're going essentially smooth.
2: Yeah, nobody likes going in raw dog. Wait. Um,
3: <laughs> I wouldn't say nobody,
0: but I'll say probably the receiver doesn't like the raw dog. Chad, you're over there. You doing good? Yep. Good. What, what's
4: your favorite part of this movie? Ooh, I still like the long panning shot after zombies arrive. Okay, we'll get into it then. I just wanted to shoot one over your way and see if you're paying attention.
0: (laughs) Stay on your toes because I'm going to get you. Shall I get into trivia, boys? Do it. Okay. The movie began as a one-page Word document that Edward Wright had sketched out general ideas for the film, and at the time it was called Tea Time of the Dead. And this is significant because last time Jim was on, we did Bad Taste, a movie that had no script from beginning to end. How cool is that? You're all nodding when this is an audio medium.
2: (laughs) This is very cool. (laughs) We're working on it. We're working on it.
0: Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright did the script off of an episode of Spaced where he stays up all night playing video games. and There's a zombie apocalypse. And then they're like, wouldn't it be fun to have an entire zombie movie? That's neat. And a lot of the actors came from Spaced. And a lot of the extras came from Spaced fanzines. Which is pretty awesome. In sticking with the George A. Romero trope of paying people one dollar to be extras as zombies, they paid them one pound because they're British. Oh, pretty. what does that equate to
2: in American doll hairs? At the time, it was like a dollar ninety-six. Oh, that's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Making them. Well, also you
0: have to factor in that George A. Romero is paying people a dollar
2: in the fifties. So that's true.
0: Awkward. Yeah, but still, that's a slave wage then. So we'll (laughs) get into that. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg did two tie-in comic books. There was the one in 2000 AD magazine, There's Something About Mary, which is, of course, a reference to the clerk at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about 2000 AD magazine, if you know, Rogue Trooper, Judge Dredd, they came from that magazine. If you can find yourself a copy, it's awesome. It's like heavy metal. It's super fun. It's graphic and violent and just, if yeah, you got to love it. If you're listening to this show, you would love it. I think if you're listening to this show, just to tell me how much you hate it later, you probably <laughs> want to skip 2008. There's also a 2005 IDW publishing release with, was again with input by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, which was the basic novelization of the movie. And it contained cut scenes that were cut out. And if you watch the DVD, you actually find subplots that are animated that show what happened to things like Diane and so forth.
4: That's really cool. I actually want to go back and check that out.
0: You didn't check it out? Nope. Motherfucker, you've had three weeks on this movie. Yep. Because we've already recorded this
2: episode. Yep.
0: How fun is that?
2: We're having so much fun. We're doing it twice. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> could you tell my voice, guys? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's great. I'm so happy. like it's a fun. This is
0: such a good movie, though. I was like, all right, we could have just moved on, but I was like, no, 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 no. First off, there's so much research to be had here. There's a, a lot of Just good the trivia alone is worth it. Well, it's a masterclass. Like, you know, this is horror comedy what Tarantino is for, like, black exploitation kind of film. It's
2: actually called a rom-com-zomb. <laughs> rom <Rom-zomb. Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> But I think that's, like, the best way of describing it. It is a romantic comedy that happens to have zombies in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great because it's just like what Edgar Wright does Baby Driver. It is a romantic teen movie that happens to have some amazing action set pieces and some good performances by, you know, like, John Hamm, Kevin Spacey, Jamie
2: Foxx. So... What's great about the film also is every single part of every single aspect of a rom com zom can be the own entity in, in itself and still be a great movie. It could be a, a romantic or a romantic comedy and still be great because we have Simon Pegg dealing with his girlfriend and issues there. It could be a zombie, straight zombie film, and obviously I'm going to love it, but all of them kind of intertwined and it
4: just makes it perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. I love it. This movie I can watch any time of the year. It's just great.
0: I would agree with that, and I think that the fact that it has something behind it is awesome because your typical rom com is not going to have a guy like Simon Peg, right? It's cool because this movie very much so features people who look like people in real life. You know, it's not glam. Like if you look at the Dawn of the Dead remake that Zack Snyder did, everybody's fucking gorgeous, and I'm like, fuck
2: all of you, right? <laughs> like no- nothing's relatable.
0: You're all you would be covered in your own feces and blood, and just. You'd probably just have gross rat's nests in your hair. You wouldn't look that good. So I I like seeing Sean's mom look haggard AF. It it (laughs) soothes my soul.
2: Hold on now. You got to watch what you say about Barbara.
0: (laughs) You you caught me. I almost wanted to do the quote. I'm trying to stay professional, right? I'm staying on target. Nick Frost said that his favorite scene to shoot was the car. Why? Because as he's sitting there, he, Simon Pegg, and Bill Nighy are, are just chatting. And it took a while to shoot because it was rainy so often in England that they'd have to break down for the day, come back. And he was talking about Nike was super rad and he would like quote public enemy and gangster rap while sitting there. <laughs> and people were like, the old dude from Underworld? And it's like, yeah, dude, like he's actually really cool and weird. Yeah, that's awesome. At the end credits, you'll notice that there's Maul Muzak from Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 version. And the initial when the Universal logo pans is another sound from Dawn of the Dead pretty rad stuff there's lots of little trivia tidbits throughout the film and i'm going to try and do some more of those as we go through the sleigh by play but you know what i'm doing you know you've been with us long enough to know what's going on here you're doing good in the film matt lucas wears an i love pussy t-shirt the shirt was originally designed (laughs) for frost and then they're like that's really distracting so he does the i got wood shirt A couple of the other shirts were bumping donuts, pull my finger, and I'm here about the blowjob. And what's great is they made... I know for a fact they made the I'm here about the blowjob shirt because if you watch Simon Pegg's Behind the Screens video documentary, you see Nick Frost on set wearing the I'm here about the
2: blowjob shirt, which is just so... that would would
0: be way more distracting i don't
2: yeah i don't think the wife would go for that
4: oh no after i got married like (laughs) seven of my shirts were like instantly thrown in the trash and then the rest followed like the week when she bought me new ones mine
2: mine (laughs) don't necessarily go in the trash they just become her sleeping shirts oh okay essentially they're trash though
4: i mean i can't wear them no (laughs) they become rags to be cleaned up or cleaning up kids vomit yeah pretty
0: much. much Yeah, actually, I lucked out when I moved into this house. It might have, they, sure, they might be haunted, but there were a bunch of rags I found in the garage, and I've just used those this whole time. Some haunted yeah. rags? Yeah. You never, know <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> you never know what kind of splooge you picked up on that. Eww. Ectoplasm. <laughs> and in Into the Spider-Verse, you might recall that it's like an alternate universe, so things are slightly changed, and you'll see a From Dusk Till Sean poster, which was the proposed name for a sequel that never ended up happening. I would have liked that. I think it would have been really good. But I could definitely, you know, leave. always leave them wanting more, quit while you're ahead, leave on a high note, right? But then they did Paul. <laughs> yeah, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver was not enough to make that movie good. No. Yeah, it had p- potential. That's the thing that's that frustrates me most about that movie, but yeah. it was just so impeccably not good.
4: Right, I agree. And there were, there were some, like, funny things in it, but yeah.
2: Yeah, World's End's the same way where you're like, oh, what? Uh, what World's End can just fall off for all, like. Feel like you know, and I think that this hot movie, fuzz too. I don't know what's not really, really that big of a what? fan. What hot fuzz is just too long.
4: I mean, oh, I love hot fuzz though, but
0: it, it yeah. has its moments, it's too self indulgent. It's way too long of a movie when you think about it. Like, it's the opposite problem. Like, Shaun of the Dead, you could see another 20 30 minutes of this movie, but they ended at a good point. It's almost a little anticlimactic, but they get you in and out pretty quickly, whereas that movie
2: just feels like it just drags on. Right,
4: I think you could cut out 20 minutes of hot fuzz, but I still really enjoy that movie.
2: I got some hot fuzz for you.
4: It makes my hot fuzz tingle.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's a weird one. Speaking of posters, Baby Driver, there's a poster for Shaun of the Dead. Clerks 2, Cooties, Wade mentions the movie, The Big Sick, there's a poster, pretty great. Hey, Chad, what's my favorite video game of all time? i don't know wolfenstein no jim we've talked about this we've had long thoughtful conversations world of warcraft looking at each other's eyes ew (laughs) okay Okay. anecdotally i did make an undead in world of warcraft one time on a friend's account because i never actually owned it myself and it had a mohawk and no lower jaw and it was called blood spooge oh yeah it was weird i could totally see why people play world of warcraft because i played for like five minutes and in that time, t- like 12 people came up to me, like, you want to join my clan? And I was like, oh, so if I was an isolated weirdo kid, like I used to be 10 years before I tried to do this, it's like, that would make so much sense why you'd do that. But anyway, Time Splitters Future Perfect is my favorite, which has a reference to Shaun of the Dead because in Shaun of the Dead, they play
1: Time Splitters 2. Would you believe it? Yes, they do. There you go. I <laughs> was, was going to say RuneScape or something you
3: guys
0: are weirdos no clip clamp says do all have red on me ba, 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 ba. edgar wright and simon Pegg. what movie did they do cameos in after
4: this chad day of the dead <gasps> or no. no is it the other one
0: this blank is your blank this blank is my blank it's not c
4: but it's cunt <laughs> <laughs> no try again hold on let me look at my notes i totally forgot
2: tick
0: tock tick tock it's not an increment of time it's <laughs> space <the fighting> frontier. <laughs> yes space of the dead it's land of, land the, of dead. the dead yeah there does. It go. and what's great about it is Simon Pegas said multiple times his favorite zombie movie is Day of the Dead, so that might be why you thought that. Yeah. And he modeled his zombie aesthetic off of Bud from that movie. From Very Bud the Chud. Do not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've already seen that movie.
0: It's the worst movie ever. It's an abomination. I'm sorry. One of the great things about this film, George A. Romero did a screening of it, and they asked what he thought of it, and he said he loved it. And they asked him about some of the references to his work, and he just didn't catch it. Which shows like the referential humor in this. It's not such that like it's not distracting. Over, it's
2: not overbearing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like I show it to my wife. My wife hasn't necessarily seen those movies, but she just goes with it. She doesn't like feel the need to
4: elbow me in the ribs. And be like, what does that mean? Explain this
2: to me. You don't need to be the inside of the joke to be able to go with the flow on the movie. Exactly.
4: Right. It still holds like a sense of comedy throughout. Right. Yeah, so that like, you don't need back information. Exactly. Right.
2: Like the, we're coming to get you,
0: Barbara, is funny just because he says it in such a perplexing way. The rest of the conversation is not like that. But then when you know your history, oh, that's made all the better. When Sean is looking at restaurants, there is one in the yellow pages called Fulci's, which is an Italian restaurant, which is, of course, a reference to Lucio Fulci, the Italian film director. Giallo. There you go. Whatever. You guys are looking at me like I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> When Sean, Liz, Diane, Dave, Barbara, and Ed run into the Alternative Gang, it links a bunch of people from past Spaced episodes. There's Tim and Daisy. There's Dawn and Tim from The Office. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Julia Deacon and Nick Frost from Space, And also Marsha and Mike from Spaced as well. I just said a bunch of things that if you haven't watched them, it doesn't matter. And you really shouldn't have watched The British Office because it's not as good. Sorry. Hot take.
4: It's just (laughs) not good. It's boring. I've seen a couple episodes and I totally agree.
0: It's just boring. I don't get like, maybe I'm just dumb, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be laughing at.
2: Yeah. I feel like if you hadn't seen the original before you saw Michael Scott, then Michael Scott just completely ruins everything because there's nothing that compares to that.
0: Yeah. Ricky Gervais has no charisma by comparison. Sorry about it. Because, you know, I'm not going to go on it. This isn't an Office podcast, <laughs> although there is going to be a new one, The Office Ooh, Ladies, yeah, yeah. with our friend what? who we met in real life. Yeah, yeah. Because of the timing and the similarity of the names, distributors were forced to hold back on the Dawn of the Dead from 2004 because of the release in the UK. That's kind of fun.
2: Hey, it sounds a little similar. So come on, guys. Maybe we'll move Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Back a little bit. Could you imagine? Like you and <laughs> people buy all these tickets and they're like, oh, wrong one. Oh fuck. <laughs>
0: they end up in the romantic comedy one. Like, that's weird. I never would have <laughs> figured it would have been so funny and sweet. Brian, do you want to talk to us about the Cornetto trilogy?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. So Wright basically had a hangover and one of his cure all to I guess alleviate some of the pains he had the next day, he would always have a cornetto, which, if you're not familiar, is like an ice cream cone. Like a drumstick. So you you see the cone, and then it's wrapped on top, right? Because nobody wants ice cream that's not wrapped, because that's just gross. Yeah. So in Shaun of the Dead, right after they have a bender, Shaun goes and heads to the liquor store. He asks Ed. He asks Ed what he wants before he leaves, and he says, "Grab me a cornetto." And it's super thick accent. If you didn't know what Cornetto was, you're like, oh, Cornetto, mate. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't know what that is. So, Corny Geppetto? <laughs> exactly. So he grabs a Cornetto and he comes back. It has, if you've noticed, it has a red wrapper, meaning the blood and gore for Shaun of the Dead. Do you remember what's Hot Fuzz? Hot Fuzz has a blue one yep. for, I don't know if it's blueberry or whatnot, but it's blue for the police. Correct. And then you have At World's End, and it's green. I'm assuming mint. Green oh. for aliens. Yep. So, bing, Precisely. Boom, bing, bang, boom. Awesome.
0: And I think that's all the just general trivia. And shall we get into the statistics, gentlemen? Let's do it. Budget of $6.1 million. A lot of people talk about how Edgar Wright went pretty much belly up broke doing this movie. It's not because he was self-financing. It's because he passed on other opportunities because he wanted to do this film instead. That kind of pays off when he makes $30.1 million worldwide. He won a shit ton of awards, too. Oh, yeah. this is, and Also, that's just talking about theatrical. I mean, think of everybody I know owns a copy of this on DVD. Right. I not think only, I own probably two copies, now that I say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Not
2: only that, but I, I don't know. You might have said it earlier, but I mean, all the accolades it got after the fact, like Quentin Tarantino basically saying, like, this is one of his favorite films from, like, I don't know, he gave, like, a random date from that date on, I yeah. guess.
0: It's a pretty long date too. Is it like the '80s or something? And it's contemporaries on September 14th because this came out on the 24th, so two weeks before. You got Kung Fu Hustle. A week before, you get Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That just—I'm not telling you that because this isn't really competition. They're very much in leagues of their own. But my point is, this is a different fucking world that we live in. Like, remember, like the green screen being so terrible and distracting in Sky Captain, and now it's just like, oh yeah. (laughs) We have the Avengers where you have a character with a purple butt chin who's just a fake person. That, doesn't even, that, that guy doesn't exist. So, yeah, just use that. Keep it in your mind. The movie, 99 minutes long, right? And that's It's Oh, it's perfect. Spot. It's a
2: little over, right? Yeah. I mean, we like the 90 minutes, but, yeah. you know, I'm 99. I'm OK with that extra nine I minutes. I
0: feel like the 90 to 100 is right there. I think that's fair. And yeah. This
2: just skimps in.
4: Yep. There's nothing in this that I think I would edit out, though.
0: Oh, absolutely not.
4: Yeah. I think everything flows so perfectly in this movie.
0: Yeah. Whereas with hot fuzz, that's what I'm saying. Right, There's a little
4: bit of stuff to get rid of. I'm not
0: saying it's bad. That's the thing. I think hot fuzz, if you had made it like two movies or made it a series would be perfect. There was just too much good content because that it's such a wealth of stuff to draw on in action movies. Right. Cause they are absurd. This movie directed by Edgar Wright. One of the extras while they're filming, you know, outside of the Winchester comes up to Edgar, not knowing that he's a director elbows up and he (laughs) goes, Hey, uh, Straight to video with this one, huh, mate? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking it was going to be this awful the failure and look at the
2: success it was. Never worked as an extra ever again. I doubt that. He probably <laughs> only worked as an extra ever again and never did anything else. But he still got that sad card. Yep. Yeah.
0: Edgar Wright, his favorite movie is Raising Arizona. Fun fact about that movie, Jim. It fucking sucks. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. The film was inspired by the episode Art which was written by Peg on Spaced. And while obviously the title is a clear reference to Shaun of the Dead, there's a poem, Shoon of the Dead, that appears as the front piece of a 1908 sci-fi fantasy novel. Are we going to hear this again? The House of the Borderland (laughs) by William Hope Hodgson. Well, you're going to hear it again, but Jim gets to hear it for the first time.
2: Oh, man. Here we go. (laughs) Shall I?
0: Hush as you pass and hark, Three taps on the glass in the gloaming... From someone out in the dark roaming, hush and hark, to a step you hear pass, someone is out in the dark, hark, to the death winds go wailing, and the tap of the ghost in the glass, hush and hark, hush and hark, open the door, and listen, only the wind's muffled roar, and the glisten of tears round the moon, and in fancy the tread of a vanishing shoon, out in the night with the dead, hush and hark. To the sorrowful cry of the wind in the dark, hush and hark, without murmur or sigh, to shun that tread that loosed eons, to sound that bids you die, hush and hark, hush and hark. Scene. Did you film that whole fucking thing? If that
4: doesn't (laughs) give us more listeners, I don't know what will.
0: I
2: thought that was going to make the (laughs) listeners drop off. I was just going
4: to say, see you later, guys. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, back to the collections department with us. <laughs> Woo! Music by Pete Woodhead. It's the only film he was ever a composer on. Dan uh, Mubdeford also did it, who was on Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott
2: Pilgrim, Pirate Radio. Makeup. Brian, you found this one. Go for it. I did. Absolutely. So you have Candace Banks. She was the hairstylist, did the makeup. Later on, she went on to do Game of Thrones. She also did Robin Hood, not the great one, the one with Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the IT crowd. You also have Stuart Bray, who did the prosthetics and makeup. Which apparently, from last time we were doing the recording, you were saying that they actually hired on people where they didn't need fake stuff, like fake missing limbs. They amputees. actually hired people that were amputees. So I thought that was pretty cool, pretty cool. So Stuart Bray did Gladiator, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and Mummy, not the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> <laughs> And then Barry Gower, prosthetic makeup as well. Uh, 28 Days Later, Blade 2 and Resonate Evil.
4: Woo, woo, woo. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, well, yeah that movie absolutely. Uh, also sucks. Just <laughs> in case you're wondering. Which one, Blade 2? No, Resident Evil. I like oh. Blade too. You Blade don't is- even like Resident Evil One? No, God no. I think Mia Jovovich is the most annoying actress in the world. Why? Lelu, Lelu Dallas. She has no charisma to me at all.
2: Lila Dallas. multi-pass. She's not <laughs> even bad. She's just bland.
0: <laughs> like I just don't. It's the weirdest thing. That's like uh, like a bling, like a blind spot. I just she doesn't affect me in any way. That's why yeah. I hate her. I just like I I like people who are bad even because it makes them memorable to me. But she just does things. I'm like I remember orange hair in the multi-pass. It's all I remember from her from Fifth Element.
2: Bad. Okay. All right. But anyway, Bill Nye, Nigh- he was also in that shit, right? Yeah.
4: Thank you. Are
2: we going <laughs> on to dick names?
4: Snick Prick names? Boom.
2: Ryan, you did most of these, so I think it's time that you host this section of the show. Well, 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 we meet again. So we have Simon Pegg as Sean or Sean. No, actually, I, I think Red On You fits. Anybody? Does that yeah, sound good? Yeah, I think Red that's on good. You? Oh, yeah. How many times is it referenced in the, in the film? At least four three or four times at least multiple times, Yeah, yeah, almost we'll just say multiple to be safe <laughs> so apparently in a, in a poster in his room, you can find out that his last name is Riley, which I find is kind of interesting,
0: yeah, because he was a DJ from before,
2: yeah, which is cool. I didn't it's electro prick <laughs>
0: and it just shows like this is he's already tried to like live the dream and he's fell, fallen on being like right. a, a guy at
2: an electrical store. you have Nick Frost as Ed. Or Zed, as I like to call him. Zombie Ed. Super simple. Yeah. Zed works for me. It was either that or Clyde,
0: and I think Zed works better. Foreshadowing. (laughs) I'm not going to say spoilers. I'm sick of that joke.
2: Spaced was actually his first acting gig, and Peg had to lie to the producers to get him on, which I think is fucking hilarious. That's awesome. He and Edgar Wright
0: formed like this truce where they claimed that he had this like wealth of uh, theater acting experience and he was like nope so one time Edgar he Edgar gives him a note and he's like hey you want to do this this way and he goes uh, I'll remind you I am not an actor <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's good so apparently he was a he they actually were flatmates Simon Pegg and Nick oh and Nick yeah Ross, which I mean you can see in the chemistry in the film it makes sense right
0: that works very well. And when he was promoting the wrestling with my or fighting with my family, Nick Frost told a story about him power bombing Simon Pegg through his futon during one of their parties. But it wasn't like in the center of the action. They left the party to go do pro wrestling in the bedroom. He puts <laughs> Simon Pegg through a futon and breaks his thumb. And then yeah. I mean, that's just the best thing ever. Nice.
2: Now, did you guys happen to notice throughout the film? That he was constantly scratching his nuts. Well, there's yeah. a reason. There's a reason <laughs> for that. He actually shaved him fucking straight clean, <laughs> so that he can have like that like in between phase where it's just itchy nuts the entire time. For an authentic now, if scratch. If that's not method <laughs> acting, I don't know what is.
0: But he apparently maintains the shaven nuts to today, according to it. He must like the itchy interview. balls. Ooh. Or maybe he just keeps him up better. He's probably rich enough to where he has like a small Guadalajaran boy do it for him.
2: <laughs> Why does it got to be Guadalajaran, huh? Why does it have
0: to be a boy? Who knows?
2: <laughs> so next we have Kate Ashfield as Liz. Real quick. So
0: before they did this and before they did Space, did you know that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost made a French slasher film in black and white? No. Yeah. And if anybody has a link to it, please send it to the Slashers page. I would love to <laughs> watch it. What's it called? That. I don't know I, they just referred to it in a Q&A I saw them doing and it was very funny it's like some
2: super obscure trivia that somebody's gonna be like well hold on actually
0: <laughs> and then may I indulge you with pie and Highgate? go on there almost was an incident that ruined their friendship it was their custom and practice to have two chicken and mushroom pies when they would get high right
2: mushroom so, pie to get high mm, they're like sitting it. there they
0: do the, the smoky tokey, and then <laughs> Nick Frost tells Simon Pegg hey there's a pie in the fridge. Gong, get! So he goes to get it. There's no pie. He gets upset. Then this results in Nick Frost taking off his shirt and yelling at him. But don't <laughs> worry, they've since reconciled. Oh, thank God! I mean, that's that's weirder than anything that happens. Why in this movie do you building. take off the shirt? I don't know. They
4: Was just... it like one of those like gang fights, like right before, and they rip off the shirt? And... I don't know. I, I feel like when there. people get
2: stony baloney, and anything could happen. So I, you can imagine they're probably very fucking high when this happened. 100 percent.: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I've always been curious, but never partake.: You were high curious?: No. Oh! <laughs>
2: Sorry. He is so straight-edge, it's ridiculous.): <laughs> right. no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you T.H see what I did there?: Oh my God. <laughs> Moving on. <Ooh>. Oh God. <laughs> so Kate Ashfield plays Liz. Anybody got one for? her? Because I couldn't come up with anything. The only thing that comes to mind is when she's on the phone and she always says, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, that's like, a, there you go. that's a lot. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. bye. bye, bye. <laughs> and then we have Lucy,
0: who is the failed actress, who plays Diane. Right, right. Then we have Dylan Moran. Twat. Oh, I thought you had four eyes. Either one works. I think they're interchangeable for that character. Oh, yeah. that's
2: right. So one's a failed actress, one's a twat. and one's... I think twat
4: fits in perfectly. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> then you have... Penelope Wilton as Barbara.
4: Coming to get you.
2: They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, did you know that when they were doing the casting process, they wrote the role specifically for Penelope, but in you know doing the negotiations, they had to open it up to open casting. So one of the people who gets the treatment of the script is Helen Mirren. And Helen Mirren sends a reply respectfully declining, but saying she would do the movie if she could be Ed. <laughs> I would watch that movie so hard over so her random. scratching her balls.
2: It's so oh. random. I'll oh, nothing, mate. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah, Bill Nighy as Philip, or not my dad. Done deal. Perfect. <laughs> Jessica Stevenson as Yvonne. Shoon! Perfect. <laughs> Peter Serapinovix. The voice of Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, you say? Oi, prick. Perfect. Rafi Spall. Is that the the 17-year-old? Yep. Hello, my 17. 17. Oh, yeah. 17. Hello, mate, it's perfect. Hello, mate.
0: And then some of the other characters, you got Martin Freeman who played Declan. I mean, he doesn't deserve a nickname, but he's Bilbo. When they were doing the choreography for that scene, Litza who was the name of the choreographer, had him you know move his position and she called him Little Martin. So for the rest of filming, they made fun of him calling him Little Martin, which <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> that he then became a hero of diminutive size in The Hobbit. And that's
4: it. Chad, are you doing the recapitation? Surely. So Sean tries to save his relationship as well as his friends and family loved ones from Zed Apocalypse. And uh, a lot of them die. Spoilers. See, I, the joke, <laughs> the joke, <laughs> the joke doesn't work. Always. I don't like that joke still. <laughs>
0: it's annoying. And so am I. Slay by play. Ready? Let's do it. da 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 Sean wakes up
2: so good right off the bat
0: and you know it's not going to be but they did it in a good way like I remember even being a kid like oh that's cute
2: like well I I like the fact that you show him like stretching his toes as well it's so believable because you do it I do it in the morning it's subtle things like that
0: yeah so he goes down he's gonna hang out with his friend then he realizes, ah shit yeah work tomorrow he wants to play some time splitters too who doesn't, right? It's the best video game franchise of all literally time.
2: literally never played
0: it. it I have it on, I ha, I always keep a working Xbox in whatever house <laughs> I live in just
2: for the Time Splitter series. I shit you not. I've never How even have heard, heard of it. How I, I've been to your house for so long, and I've yet to play Time Splitters, too. If you ever want to, you're more than welcome to. Is, but
0: you have
1: to leave because you turn into a pumpkin because you work at 2 in the morning. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Is this the same game that they have in arcades where you like... Time, time crisis. crisis. Time no. crisis. I played that uh, game a
4: ton. Time Love crisis
1: can suck my ass nuts.
4: <laughs> ass nuts? Those are called polyps. No, it's when you
0: suck. <laughs> so you put, put your... Okay, imagine this. You put your lips around my butthole and you suck so hard, my testes go up through my scrotum, into my guts, out my butthole, into your mouth. <laughs> this oh, is a visual right. of, is for you And folks. they dangle. And then I do that dance that Pennywise does as I plop, plop, plop. So he heads over to the liquor store, which is great because it sets up foreshadowing you see visual cues and it's one of the longer shots of the entire movie because one of the things that Edgar Wright does so effectively in his films is to do these quick concise edits to show a lot of information in a super condensed way it's great so it
4: really catches your attention compared to the rhythm of the rest of the movie these edits keep high energy flowing even when it's a slow part 100% so I think that's what pushes it from like scene to scene which is so brilliant when it comes to this
0: yeah. so he ends up going off to work and he works at Fory Electronics, as in Ken Forey, who's one of the stars of Dawn of the Dead, 1978. You're all super impressed by my trivia. I know. <laughs> so one quick thing about the electronics store, Simon Pegg's mom's in the background. How cute is that? He worked in a cameo for his mom and then his sister's one of the zombies. At I was the like, end. I, didn't,
2: I don't recall seeing Barbara in there. <laughs> not there.
0: But <laughs> Bill he's there, who's not my dad. And he comes it's in true. and says...
2: He says you have a bi monthly visit, which I thought was great. I don't know why it just <laughs> sticks in my mind. You have a bi monthly visit. Interesting. I it's love so this guy's
4: rigid. voice. Oh, yeah. And everything. Yeah. He could read me anything poetry, anything. Yep, anything.
0: <laughs> okay. Here's a question Let's say your wife is going to send you some scandalous text messages of a certain type. Can he read you that? Hell yeah. I and mean, does it have the same effect, is my question.
4: Probably more so. That's what I feared. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm talking rock hard. (laughs) So one of the things about this scene, Ash is the person from head office who is sick, which makes Sean the senior or oldest member, the leader of the group for the day. Ash is a reference to?
2: Army of Darkness. Evil Dead.
0: Yeah, well, you're both right. You get my little turn. Hey, Jim, you want to reference another one? Say Evil Dead 2 or something. Okay, Evil Dead 2 or something. There you go. Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Good old Jim turn over there. Reliable boy. So, yeah, it, I didn't think that that was, but I saw multiple things. And apparently Edgar Wright acknowledged it himself, which I thought was kind of cool. Huh. I never thought of them as zombies in Army of Darkness. And I mean, I get that they're supposed to be, but they always seemed possessed. So it didn't really work.
2: There is no I in team, but there is an I in pie. <laughs> which, At, in meat pot, uh, <laughs> Which is meat, which is the an anagram of team. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> and so this is where he has his funny little bit with Noel, the 17 year old. Right. So, it's confirmed by everybody who wrote the movie and did the movie that he is noodle that Ed is talking to on the phone when they're asking <laughs> if they've got drugs,
2: which is so <laughs> great, right? Everything just loops back around, and it makes it like Ed is
0: such a shittier character to be trying to sell drugs to a minor, which is yes. awesome because <laughs> he is not a good character like that's the thing his what's great about his character arc is he only progresses because he dies. If he didn't die, he, and even though he dies, he's the same person, so it's right. crazy like, he he is the constant. It's weird when you think about the character arcs in the film.
2: Same time watching this with Michelle, I talked to her and I was at the beginning of the film saying, oh my God, Ed is hilarious. I remember watching this as a kid being like, this is great. Ed is fucking super funny. And then throughout the film, all of the stupid things that he does. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I'd want him to be my friend. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But he's like the piteous friend, right? Yeah.
2: You like take under your shoulder and you're like, come on, let me help you out. So Sean ends up
0: going and getting flowers for his mum. He gets home. Ed does the joke. Yeah. Liz called about you eating out tonight. <laughs> Your mom rang back about me eating her out tonight. I fucked
4: it up. I'll try and no, find No, it's quote. so good,
2: though. It's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Absolutely. But because did, I, I like the voice, though. That was almost Thank spot on. But know.
4: that joke is why you keep someone like Ed around.
2: Yep. It's because
4: he says it so casually and it has like the greatest punchline where it actually had an effect on Sean. Where he's like, wait, what?
0: Yeah, (laughs) because he remembers something as a crisis, but he's so crisis mode he can't acknowledge it. And then
4: when he's super upset, he's like, oh, it's not true what I said about your mom. Even though it was, yeah, it was great. Like butter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he tries to make the
0: reservations, but it's too late. And he like an idiot. See, he has every opportunity to lie, though. Because Liz had called multiple times throughout the day to say, hey, can we reschedule for later? I don't later think enough? he
2: can lie. Yeah, he's, he's incapable just... of it. I feel like he starts out trying to, and they just see right through it. Exactly. And then he's like, yeah, no, nope, I didn't do any of that. Yeah, and I, I don't yeah. think it's
0: that he's altruistic or anything. I just think that he's an idiot, which I, I <laughs> like the fact that he's dumb. Because he he's consistently dumb. One thing that drives me crazy is when a character in a movie is like inexplicably dumb one minute, then super sophisticated the next, and you're like, just stay level-headed. <laughs> So he proposes, hey, let's go to the Winchester. Wrong choice. Click. Yeah. They have another meeting like they do at the very beginning of the movie where they're talking about, you know, I don't want to waste my life. He tries to give her the flowers for his mom and she instantly reads the card.
3: To a wonderful mom. (laughs) Ooh.
0: And that's just another thing. He's trying to be duplicitous and he's just too big of an idiot
2: right and I think he even references or he says something like oh well why don't we just we can go out hang out with your friends and she's like you don't want to fucking hang out with my friends he's like what do you mean and she's like what you mean a failed actress and a twat (laughs) he's like those are (laughs) your words (laughs) not mine and he says
1: I never called her a failed actress
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. specifically he did call David a twat (laughs) so good next actually I think I think it's where he the door slams in his face from there it shows him going to to the Winchester and he meets up with Ed. Yeah, this
4: yeah. is where they get drunk and as he's crying.
0: As they get drunk, they foreshadow the entire fucking movie. Yep. Which Chad, is so why good. don't you tell us about how, what happened? What? And do your best impersonation of Nick Frost. <laughs> Physically, you're already there
4: and your outfit's basically <laughs> there. Ouch! <laughs>
0: what? Hey!
4: <laughs> Just because I'm a little fat... No, oh, no, it's girth- you're the
0: one who girthy. was joking about having to get a new <laughs> mic stand to go back over the belly. This is not on me. Don't look at me like I'm the devil. That's I'm shaming.
4: A- <laughs> I'm 2019. Off- <laughs> <laughs> no, so they go to the bar, and this is when um, I-, I was going to say Jake. I don't know why you crying. I guess that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's crying, and Ed's trying to cheer him up, and so they start making fun of all the. People in the bar, which was kind of interesting. I think he doesn't
2: he kind of foreshadow saying something like, "Hey, we'll we'll get fucked up, and then we'll have a bloody Mo- bloody Mary in the morning, right? And then we'll hit up the bishop's head, king's head, the king's head, and then something else. We'll have
0: a couple at the little princess, then which stagger is back to the bar for shots. So yeah, bloody Mary, who's the first zombie that we see, right? Bite at the king's head is obviously Philip getting bitten. The couple, David and Die at the little princess, which is Liz, stagger back when they're f- pretending to be zombies for a
2: couple of shots. Boom. But to be fair, the accent is very heavy in this. He's also supposed to be somewhat drunk. And unless you have closed captioning on like me, because I'm an old fuck, you would have no idea what the fuck he's saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's really quick in the like line that he goes through in foreshadowing everything. It's not like it's like right in front of you. So, again, with the subtlety.
0: Which good, because it's not distracting.
2: Right, exactly.
0: It's not like on the nose. Hey, uh, this is I'm being cute and patting myself on the back. It works.
2: And what was the last thing that Ed says before the zombie appears? What? It's not like it's the end of the world. Right. Right? He's like, hey, I'm not going to bullshit you and say there's plenty of fish in the sea. All I'm going to say <laughs> is it's not the end of the world. And all of a sudden fucking slams <laughs> on the window and it's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. And things rapidly escalate from here.
0: Like, I guess the biggest cue, there's two big cues before this. When Sean's on the bus, everybody's sick and coughing and stuff. And then when he goes to the flower shop, you have the guy who does the reference to invasion, the body snatchers
1: and the trench coat who's running.
0: But other than that, it's a pretty normal day, all things considered. The The
4: guy about to eat
1: the radio. There's like radio snippets. Yes. All throughout. And then all the alarms, too. There's tons of alarms going off all the way up to when they get to the Winchester at that night. Yeah. It's all pretty low key, right? Yeah.
0: And then yeah, Chad, like you mentioned, there's the, the hobo who's gonna eat the pigeon, but then disappears. But then from here, you see someone almost get decapitated because right. they think that it's some chick macking on her dude until right, his head right, starts right. falling off. And then they literally have a repartee with a zombie. It's so
2: great how oblivious they are, and yeah. it's you can write it off as them just being drunk idiots, right? And they're yeah. like, <laughs> That's a great bit. I like it a lot. Oh, it's classic. That's why it's in the trailer. It's
0: very memorable. And so they get home, and again, an immediate e- extra consequence because Oi Prick comes in. He's pissed that they're playing other music so loud, and <laughs> he's, he's like, like "It's no. four in the fucking morning." He's like, "It's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's fucking Sunday." <laughs> but the re- one of the reasons he's pissed, he got all everybody in his department's out sick, and he got bit by a fucking crazy homeless person. And, and what's
2: he- great about all of this is, even though it's a little bit off to the side, it includes storyline that makes the story go on, right? It 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 gets you from point A to point B. You have an idea of what's going on. He gets bit. You have an idea. Okay, Oi Prick's probably gonna turn into a zombie. Because you know it going into this it's called Shaun of the Dead. It's not like you're like, huh, that's a strange surprise. He yeah, right. goes from being bit by a random homeless guy to being a zombie. So you know it's it's fun.
0: Maybe that's what I should do. I should raise my daughter to not know what the name of the movie is and then just have her start <laughs> watching it. And then she's like, oh it's in a romantic oh my God <laughs> You totally could. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is the next morning they go for the Cornetto because it's time to work off this hangover. And then everything is the exact same, but different. Chad, you want to tell us what happens?
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the scene that I referred to that is like my favorite because it it's just like his general normal walk that he goes through and he interacts with all the exact same people. But it's after the apocalypse has already started. So everyone's dead and he doesn't know any like anything that's going wrong right now still because he's just like hungover, sleepy, walks to the liquor store, grabs the ice cream, leaves change and gets all the way back to his house without without ever realizing like the terror that's going on right now. There are things
0: in the background, not just the zombies and the blood and everything. You have Bub's, which is the restaurant, which is a reference to Day of the Dead and then you have all of the headlines. I mean, he even looks at the papers. Right. And he just doesn't even read them, which shows like he's just in his own very independent world. All
4: the cars have windows broken. There's he like a flip-over bike siren. He, he, sh-
2: he shuts the soda pop fucking vending machine thing, and there's just like blood <laughs> all over the glass. And then he almost slips on the blood. Well, and then there's the kid who's missing an arm. Like, <laughs> yeah, It's right in his face.
0: But the Some of the headlines on what he's looking at, there's a reference to the probe from Night of the Living Dead. I think they call it a Uranus probe. I got a probe for you. Hey, hey. <laughs> It's the Venus probe, excuse me. And then there's also another reference for a GM crops to blame, which is a reference to a little known zombie movie called Let Sleeping Corpses Lie from 1974, which blames zombies on pesticide. So well, that was pretty interesting. Like, even in this, you're getting deep reference. It's not just like... Oh, the debtor rising.
2: Right. Which I think works a lot better. So Sean gets back to the house and he sits down. He's checking out the news. He starts freaking out because he notices there's a pattern between the different news channels. I believe this is part where you hear them start saying panic on the streets of London. Good old Smith's reference. And then Ed happens to say, there's a girl in the garden. (laughs) Excuse me, what? A garden, there's a girl. <laughs> I think it's great how he doesn't repeat himself exactly how he said it, yeah, he changes it up, so they both go outside and they find out that it you find out that it's Mary from the very beginning where she's like a zombie in her everyday life as a checker, or was she a bagger checker yeah, check checker she, so. was a, she was she a checker, so she turns around and which she, is
0: a visual reference. They don't ever introduce that character. So what Brian's referring to, again, you're seeing these things over and over, so right. familiar and it's referential in itself.
2: Exactly, exactly. So when she turns around and she starts moaning, right, the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> is they're like, she's kind of like us. She's probably hung over as shit. Oh, my God, she's fucking drunk. <laughs> so he's like hey, hey you know you need to stay away from me she starts staggering towards him i find it funny that i think the first thing he says or one of the only things he says to her was you know what? i've just gotten out of a relationship yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good like he's she oh yeah she's really trying to hit on you right now uh so he pushes her off he's like fuck off and he pushes her as he pushes gives it a little bit of an extra push she falls back and she lands on the tether ball, like pedestal tetherball yeah like I guess. anchor yeah yeah which is i mean i had one growing up right it's essentially it's a big car tire with like cement in the middle yep. and a pole sticking up so she gets impaled on that and i it's a really great visual like when they're both freaking out and they i can't believe that just happened and then she slowly gets up and then you see like both of their faces in the hole in her stomach you're like, oh, that's that's great, right, which
0: is fun because it almost has a I uh, mean immediate sense of relief of like, oh, well, I didn't kill her right, which right which happens again.
2: which happens later on yeah. exactly and then and then you meet big boy,
0: yeah, right. who has the Giorgio face from Castle Freak with this weird snaggle lip but-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. from there, they start freaking out, and I want to say before that, actually kind of going back is when Ed has the the camera. Right. So Sean's freaking out. He's like, what's wrong with her eyes? And then Ed's like, one more, one second. He goes in, grabs a camera, and he's like, smile, and takes a picture. And as but you
0: think he's going to get a weapon or something to save his friend. Exactly. But, really he just exactly. Wants but, to it, but it's
2: Ed, right? And everybody knows how <laughs> Ed is. Yeah. He has all these opportunities to redeem himself, and he just fucks it up. Exactly. So. She gets up and she has a hole. Ed starts clicking the camera like he's like, I want to take another fucking photo. He slaps it down. That's when they meet big boy. From there, they run into the house and then they turn on the news or they, and they try the phone. And Ed's like, how about the ambulance? And then he says, it's engaged. And yeah. I feel like it's so great because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why they keep saying engaged. What the fuck does that mean? And then uh, what about Liz?
0: She's engaged. Wow, that was quick. quick. <laughs> Which so, is great. So good. And so there's also the part with the records because Oy Prick throws his the second record he ever bought outside. And then they this is the dumbest, weirdest scene, but it makes sense because these characters are so consistently stupid because Nick Frost throws that record and it hits Big Boy in the face and he gets a wound. So they start taking all of his records and throwing it at them, but they're not good at it. Nothing that they do makes the, the no, they're never Rambo. Even yeah, but you know gun, what's, not Rambo.
2: what's even what's even better about this scene is it's not just them picking up these records and throwing them at them. It's them cataloging every single one and saying, "What do you think this one? Batman this, soundtrack, one? this one? This yeah. yeah, throw it!" Right, <laughs> it adds a little extra flair to it. It's great. And then they're he the, asks why? Are, why does? Why? What's in the shed? I don't know. It's always locked. Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm going to go in the shed." He fucking slams through the shed. Right, which is a reference to, I think, Ar- is it Army of Darkness or is it yep. something like that where he goes into the shed and gets a shotgun? That's what he does, the whole hand procedure. Right, exactly. So he ends up grabbing a, tr- a shovel and a cricket? Paddle. Cr- the cricket paddle? I think they call it a cricket bat. bat. Cricket bat, okay. Yeah, so then they have their little conversation. Do you want the big go on? Do you want the small one? And then they fucking go to town. What's great about it is they don't actually show them smacking the shit out of the zombies you just hear the squishiness and that's like all the better I right, feel like.
4: with the blood splatter it's right fantastic. exactly
2: and then they're both sitting there afterwards and they have ice cream <laughs> and you're like they have blood all over them and these zombies are potentially like infectious right they're potentially <laughs> contagious and they're just like eating ice cream with blood all over them and Ed looks at them like you got red on you
0: yeah, catching <laughs> up
2: with the news <laughs> that's so good
0: and then they realize they have to go save the mom so they're going to take Oyprick's car and they go upstairs. This is, you know, people say this is a reference to Psycho. I really don't think so, but it's behind the curtain. You find him. He pulls it open and sees. So what many, was his so
2: many movies have things hiding behind curtains. It doesn't mean it's a reference. And well, this movie, like I, it's I, a shower curtain, I get it, but I definitely see the reference to an American Werewolf in London because they do
0: this visual gag twice. Sean closes the medicine cabinet. Pete's standing behind. That him. makes sense. They do it a second time, but this time Pete's dead, just like Jack. Right, so that if you remember our "An American Werewolf in London" episode, you definitely should because it's an amazing movie. And if you haven't seen it, you should just be mocked and ravaged in the streets. But the <laughs> point is, there's a scene where he's seeing a hallucination of his friend, and he's a but I guess kind of zombieish. And so that's that. And then they flee the house in desperate fashion, get into Pete's car, and drive away as he's walking outside with his dick out. So you know he's dead. That guy is way too stuck up to be walking around pantless, right?
2: Yeah. His old ding-dong flopping around.
4: Unless he's like a 17 incher. The old zombie dong.
0: <laughs> but before they go, of course, they have the reference to Night of the Living Dead where they are talking to Sean's mom and she's talking about Philip Bitten Bitten and everything. And when they decide they're going to go, Ed says, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Boom. One of the things that's fun about it is when they play out the various scenarios of the plan of getting to the mom. Do you want to take that, Brian?
2: Yeah, it's it's great, right? Because you have these different instances where you're like, okay, first we go kill Philip, then we pick up Liz, then we come back to the house and we all have a cup of tea and enjoy ourselves. Wait for this to blow over. Yeah, right. Wait for all this just to blow over. No, nope, you know what? That's not going to work. It's not exactly safe. All right. Hmm. What can we do? All right. So we go and kill Philip. Hi, Philip. Hit him in the head. You go pick up Liz. And then from there, what do they do? They, they go stay, to, to Liz's house. They stay at Liz's house, but and he's like, "Well," he, and then Ed, yeah, and, and this actually, now that I think about it, reminds me of Zombie Land, right? Because in Zombie Land, he has all of these rules, right? Where he's like, "I have to know the exit," right, and all this. It's, it seems like it would be like a fun reference. So Ed says, "I want to be somewhere where I can smoke, and I want to know where the exits are." He's like, "Hmm, okay." Third one, go over to Mom and Phillips, kill a Phillip. Philip, buy Philip. Go to Liz's, pick up Liz, go back to Winchester, have ourselves a nice, nice drink and wait for all of this to blow over. And then he says, how about that for, was he say? Slice of gold, something gold?
1: Slice of fried gold. Slice of fried gold. Yeah, there From you go. From apparently. Oh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Or it was like a behind the scenes type of between Peg and Wright and the girl that plays Liz. Oh, huh, Cool. Or- Inside joke. I'm glad we have you on staff, Jim. Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what, I mean, what's great about it is all of this happens within the course of what? Maybe five minutes,
4: if yeah. that. So it's very it's rapid It's harder fire. to
0: describe what happens in this movie than to watch it because there's so much going on. So yeah, exactly. It's like
4: hyper storytelling with like a very fast edit in between each one. And it increases in speed like throughout.
0: you Ever seen that thing where you can speed read with an app? What you do is you put the text in it and it shows you one word at a time. And your brain can instantly recognize virtually when you see that. So you can read five or six times as fast when you're doing one at a time because it's an instant recognition. Your retention's a little bit worse. But the point is, when you see these images, you create your brain automatically creates the narrative and you can do it in a very yeah, fast way. That's right? really interesting. So you're not hmm.
1: picking out one word out of 100 on a, exactly. a page. And it's- yeah, because you're
0: not tracking anything. And so it's kind of – think about it in a movie like this. You could watch a scene, you could put it in fast forward, and you know it's in fast forward and it's distracting. But if you show just the images, it's like animation. You don't see every single frame. You're seeing your mind is clipping together Mickey Mouse's hands as they move, whatever.
2: Interesting. So
0: they head over to the house, and Nick for us is like, I gotta drive, or Zed, gotta drive me that fucking Jaguar, right? (laughs) Of course, God they're on the way to Barbara's house and they run <laughs> someone over. They find out he was our... Well, at the very least, he's a zombie now because they don't set up the rules in this. They don't set up if it's when the hell is full, the dead will walk the earth or right, if it's a right, probe right. or whatever. So for all you know, the guy actually did die and he came back as a zombie, but they're just happy he's going about his merry way. I
2: just got to tell you guys, if it's zombie nation outside, no holds barred, right? There's no fucking rules. So oh, yeah, for sure. I'm protecting really? mine. If You get hit on the way, so... Just get out of my way. Well, Chad, you <laughs> talked about
0: on the first time we recorded this that you have your whole oh, fucking yeah. shit planned. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm just going to kill Chad and take his stuff. Try yeah. it. <laughs> I'm prepared for
2: that, too. He threw cheese at you. <laughs> Ew, it's
0: ticking. Nacho cheese gun. <laughs> I feel like I should be
4: more afraid of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes than zombies, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if zombie apocalypse starts, are you going to still be vegan? Or are you going to just be like, fuck it? Uh, no, well, okay, so my veganism <laughs> is
0: very similar to the logic of a Vulcan, because actually Vulcans <laughs> in Star Trek lore are vegan, because the predominant logic being, if something doesn't have to die, then why should it? But if it's a survival scenario, you there's no feasible alternative, then yeah. Okay. I'm not an idiot. All right. <laughs> Dildo. So they get to Barbara's house, and Zed's like, I need to drive that Jag or my life is over. So Sean goes inside thinking he's gonna rush in, rush out, and be done with it. And he just leaves Zed with the car to This is a great whatever. idea,
2: right? Absolutely.
0: So he goes in and talks to his mom and he's trying to get rush her out. Come on, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And she's oh I'm sorry, pickle. Do you want you know sugar with your tea? She calls him pickle because Edgar Wright's mom calls him pickle, by the way. And then he has he tries to get her to leave Phil and she she's like what if I told you that he touched me? That didn't happen. It's so fucking it's good. It's so dark, but it's so funny. Because even as like a grown man, he's still being a child.
2: Right. And it's so great because like her response is perfect. She just sets down her silverware and she looks at him like,
4: are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, no, he didn't touch me. Sorry, my bad.
4: Right. But he's doing it to separate for her protection because... She doesn't want to leave him and he's like, no, he's been bit. We got to get him out.
0: But this is also the boy who cried wolf because he got exactly. nothing but complain about Philip and him chasing him around with a bit of wood his whole life and now he actually needs them to be de- like separated and his mom's not buying and it. And what's
2: so great is, is Philip automatically knows right how Sean has been essentially like at least half of his life. So a when loser. he's walking right behind him and he says, I'm so sorry, Philip. And he's like, why? What have you done now? <laughs> 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 so good.
0: So as they're leaving... Philip gets bitten again. And that's one of the more gnarly bites in the movie. <laughs> and you find out that Zed crashed the car somehow. So yeah. They all pile somehow. into the jag. <laughs> and they screech off and they're on their way to Liz, Die, and David or, uh,
3: bye, bye, bye.
0: Failed actress <laughs> and twats flat. Uh, you have Sean rushing out. This mimics the scene where he tries to get up the lattice on the, uh, beginning of the movie but he actually does it this time determination he's stalwart he's becoming heroic but he's still a doofus they have a talk and Liz is like I'm perfectly fine here but then they all just leave it is so freaking weird to me why they do that but
2: everything seemed hunky-dory there at the time I mean but they acknowledge it at least I mean, yeah, at least she true. has
0: that eureka moment where it's like why did I fucking leave my flat to be with you you idiot
2: I think it's so great how he goes over the game plan he's like David do you have a car I don't see the, what does he say? I don't see the reason for owning a car in the, in the city. (laughs) You're like, I hate you so much. (laughs) He can't just say no. He has to be like (laughs) condescending about it.
0: And I think it's almost like a status thing to be like, I could have a car if I wanted one. I just don't Sean. Right. Whereas you can't afford one. You have to ride public transit with dirty people listening to zombie nation. Do you remember that? Da, na, 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 na. (laughs) <laughs> na, 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 yeah, you na, actually na. had to
4: play that for me because I had no idea that <laughs> that was <laughs> the name. It's <laughs>
2: such a good song. I feel like I'll have it stuck in my head for this tonight. You're welcome. Thanks. You bud. won't. We've had 12 different songs stuck in our
0: Also, R.I.P. Eddie Money. Can we agree on that? Eddie Money. R.I.P. I wish he came back as a zombie and lived in my shed. Moving on. So they all go. They pile into the jag. One of the fun things is Sean's the only one who's hitting zombies in the head at this point because he's the only one with a prop weapon. Everybody else has
2: real <laughs> stuff and they couldn't actually hit. Nobody people. wants to get hit in the head with a real shovel. No. Or a golf club.
1: Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. I do like how he turned into like a badass motherfucker at this point, though. Oh, yeah. He, he like snapped or probably at where he picked up his mom and Philip. He started it. But then at this point, you're like, yes. like yeah, like, yeah, okay, shit, it's getting real.
4: He and also cl- has a woman to impress now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and the true.
0: climax of the film coincides with him like, having to confront that he's really a fuck up, which is great because this is actually a rising action to get to that point. Because, you know, very often what you do is the reverse, where, like, look, look at Rocky 2, for instance. Sylvester Stallone is just shit on that entire movie. That movie, for me, is harder to watch than The Passion of the Christ, because that guy's life sucks. <laughs> but then he overcomes, right? But the antithesis of that is what could happen in a movie like this, where this guy's getting it together. He's in his element. Fuck, he's still an idiot. And then he gets all of it taken out from under him, and then he goes and wins. When well, he wins the day. Spoilers. Ha-ha so on the way to... I'm going to keep making that joke at my own expense. I'm the only person who's like, I, I love to annoy myself. Did you know that?
2: On the way to the Winchester, Ed's playing the music a little too loud, right? And Philip, being who Philip is, with his neck practically falling off, he says, that's a bit too loud. Can you turn it down? It's so great, right? His yes. voice is perfect. And the it's moms, like his last dying breath but all he wants to talk about is turning the volume down. It's perfect. It still
4: sounds so proper.
2: (laughs) So then they end up spinning out. Right. And then Ed says, it's all right. Everything's fine. And then it's funny because Sean finally at this point kind of freaks out at Ed. He's like, no, things aren't great. Stop saying everything's fine because I've come across people like that where there's, there's a shitty circumstance and they find like humor and everything, even though it's not called for it like at all. And you're like, nah, it's not, not the time, dude, not the time at all. <laughs> so this is when Sean says, Philip's gone. And it's so great because his mom totally looks him straight in the eye and says, where's he gone? <laughs> and it's so good, right? It's like that dry British humor. And you're like, ah, oh, that's good. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He's right here, and they turn over and they see, and and yeah, Philip's gone. Philip's <laughs> gone. So you know he, they all book it out of the car. The music's blasting. All the zombies are looking at him, and that's when the last moment for Philip is when he literally just pushes the There's the radio.
0: There's nothing man left in there.
2: And then he pushes the the radio off, and it's like, well,
0: maybe a little bit in there, but which is funny because George a. Romero kind of rips this off in Land of the Dead when it comes to like zombies taking back some semblance of their life and trying to live because like these zombies end up getting like low menial jobs and stuff like that they still have some function which i actually really enjoy
2: yeah absolutely so from here they have a couple of fences that they have to jump in order to get to the winchester right
0: just like a few weeks ago the hidden track denzel hardcore with their song fences i don't ever forget about my boys i have no idea what you're talking about because I'm the one who does all the hidden tracks. If you've ever been asked for a song and everything in detail, sent to slashespot at
2: gmail.com. I'll uh, we'll just edit that out because I know about all of them.
4: <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm big my name fan. Is Brian. Big fan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just love the idea that somebody would go up to Brian and be like, we've corresponded intimately for years. And he's like, no, Uh, I just read the messages. I don't respond to them.
2: Oh, you're such a dick. How am a dick?
0: You're the one who reads the message. You brought this on yourself.
2: I said that like five (laughs) weeks ago, all right? You
0: You should have been like Sean and just lied. No, it's cool. I listen to everything.
2: (laughs) I just like to set Jigga for failure. So when people (laughs) message him angrily, like, why haven't you responded to me? And I'm like, sorry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. So they jump the fences just like the band Denzel or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) the first the first fence he jumps he acts like he's a badass he jumps it and it immediately falls which is fucking great what's the matter david
4: i'm taking a shortcut before
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly so he'd shit then they you know hop over his mom happens to notice that she thinks that her friend so-and-so lives at this house that plays an important part later on where after they get to the final f- backyard there's a slide right <laughs> and <laughs> it's so great with the slide <laughs> it's, climbs, it's this little a kid slide and he grabs each handle and he steps he doesn't skip two steps three steps because they're baby steps for kids <laughs> he takes every single step 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 and then he steps back down and they're like so how many zombies are there lots <laughs> From there, they do a, a body count to see, make sure everybody's here. And that's when he finds out that Barbara's gone. And then you get your Zombies
0: Ate My Neighbors reference because he uses a trampoline to jump across a fence in a backyard with zombies. Right. And that's when she says,
2: I don't think these are where my friends live.
0: <laughs> and you get the zombie that looks like Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles' ugly that's baby. That's
4: who it is. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's who it looks like.
0: For sure. The guy's from whose line is anyway?
2: I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah no that totally makes sense I can see that absolutely so Denzel who Denzel who <laughs> exactly so he ends up getting thrown through the fence they hand him he gets a chair I think a chair Liz yeah does Liz smack him with the chair yeah it breaks yeah Liz breaks the chair over him uh, Sean grabs the tether pole which is almost like a kind of a nod to the earlier part where Mary gets killed by the tether ball yep stand I guess So it's so great how he literally just swings it around and smacks the zombie in the head. You're like, oh, you fucking moron. And it's not even like a tether
0: ball. Like I don't know if maybe in England their tether balls are so much smaller. It's like the size of a tennis ball for
2: Christ's sake. Yeah. Ours are like
0: the size of volleyballs. So when he hits him, it's particularly doofy.
2: Right, right. And then he looks over at Liz and the failed actress and They're both literally doing the jabbing thing. And he's just like, oh, fuck yeah. That's how you do it. Which directly
0: ties into stabbing it through his torso into Mary's torso into the stand. Like it's, you'd think that it would go in like his logic brain. Like, oh, you would associate these things,
2: but he's so fucking stupid. (laughs) He's like, oh, this will work. Ha ha. Exactly. So he, he kills the zombie. He stabs him through the chest or the torso into the tree. And then he looks over and he says, feel free to jump in at any time. And Ed's <laughs> sitting there on his phone and fucking four eyes is just like, oh, whatever I'm, I'm a pacifist. I'm a pacifist. Exactly. Like, oh, Fuck those guys.
0: So they get the bright idea from the failed actress to imitate the zombies. So they can cross the way to get to the Winchester, which I actually really think this scene's great because, again, you're showing that Nick Frost, Zed, Ed is fucking useless, right? He can't even be bothered with the end of the world confronting him, his own life in peril. Now he's fucking around on his phone. And it's not even he has a smartphone. Like, he's playing Snake on some old Nokia bullshit, right? <laughs> and so there's the who died and made you king of the fucking zombies, which sets up we don't use the Z word, which I think is so cute, like the fact that they refuse to. And this is where you get like the kind of... They can never stay mad at each other in this whole movie. Sean, you could tell, instantly irritated with him. He just yelled at him about not helping him. He, he is frustrated that he's not caring, but he still has to be. He, they have this like bond that I think is really inseparable.
2: Do you think he keeps him around because it makes him look that much better?
0: I don't think that it's that. I think a lot of it is the fact that he, you know, I don't know that it makes him look better so much as it makes him feel better, if that makes sense. I don't, because like, he, Sean doesn't seem as concerned with pomp and circumstance as I think that somebody in that kind of position would be. Yeah, I could see that.
2: So they lumber out into the open and that's where you kind of see them all kind of take over in their own little style of zombification. And you look at the mom and she's literally just walking like normal. Yeah, (laughs) She's just looking around. This is is fine. Right. So they get in front of it
0: and Ed's phone goes off. They're waiting, trying to get in the doors locked. They could have gone around back, but David freaks out the twat that he is shatters a window so sean still in his heroic phase decides to run off and lure them and i think that's great because the way that he's yelling is so frantic he does a really good job of like being believable but also comical at the same time so everybody piles in then they start talking about sean behind his back as far as like oh well what's he gonna do is he gonna come yeah, back he's leaving he left us basically. He, exactly and then sean struts in like he owns the motherfucking place and he catches those fucking pork rinds out of the air whatever they are this is right after David's like, what, we're just going to sit in here and eat pork rinds? And what do they do? Sean's brilliant plan to sit in there <laughs> he eats bar food. I mean, don't think it's pork rinds. He asks if anybody would like a peanut. But Sean realizes when the streetlights come on, hey, there's power here. Goes, resets the circuit breaker. There, you see Simon Pegg's sister because there's a fuck ton of zombies in the back door. She,
2: so she's one of the zombies that's in like the, the window? Yep. Oh, that's funny. He, fun. he just pulls, blind, pulls it down. That's so <laughs> good. Which is so great.
0: Like, don't fix the fucking problem. Like, just put a bandaid on it. Bye. Yeah, right? <laughs> so he comes back and everything starts to go to shit here. You have Ed playing on the, I think it's a Dracula pit and ball machine. You have the downfall of Barbara. Yeah. And well, and also the Phantom of the Opera plays in that thing. That's right. I just want to say because it also comes back in each of the other movies in the bars.
2: Oh, it's like Cornetto, but for pinball. Exactly. Mm. Nice.
0: Yeah. And then you, this is where you find out that Barbara's been bitten because she wants to give boy, 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 uh, her engagement ring. And she, Liz has to be like, we just broke up. Like, this is weird. But then you find out she got bitten and you look at her arm and it's a reference to Jim. Tell me, tell me, Jim, you haven't seen this movie. I'm just messing with you. Dead alive, butt fuckers. It's just like the mom's bite in that one.
2: It's a pretty nasty bite. It's gross. It's grosser and dead alive, I'll tell you that. Oh, really? Oh, Peter Jackson just he's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So from there you find out obviously she's been bitten. Then the four eyed Twat decides, okay, well, there's nothing for us to do but kill her, right? And that's when Sean's like, Fuck you, that's my mom. You're not gonna we're not gonna do shit. And that's when Sean actually strikes him, right? From there, I think he tries to kill him.
1: Before yeah. all this is the, the jukebox scene with the bartender. Oh. Oh, really? The queen. Yeah. Oh, and that was like right after he did, he played the slot machine or whatever oh. it was. And then, then it really started going to shit. The bartender, his name is John, comes out and the jukebox just starts playing it up. It's on random. Yeah, it's on random. Don't, and that's the, the montage. I don't know if it's a montage or not, but they grab the the pool cues and they're beating him and going around in a circle. It's fun because it goes with the sound of the, of, so of the song going on. Right? I remember seeing this in theater with Chad. Yeah, we were one of the first. We, we went, to went see out to Ontario thing. and saw yeah. it. Yeah. And like that was this for me was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So Chad,
0: you mentioned there was another song that they had in their back pocket if they couldn't get the Queen rights. You don't even remember the song? No. So the first time we record, Chad sells the, the name of the song, which is a song that's very near and dear to me. It's by Boney M. It's Rasputin. Ra, ra, Rasputin, that's what I mean. Russia's greatest love machine. And I sing it to Chad and he looks at me like I am just possessed because <laughs> he doesn't even know the concept of music.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> I even asked him, I was like, have you ever heard of this like song? Yes, and of course I have. I was like, I have no idea. Is it weird? then yeah, I've probably heard it.
1: <laughs> Is that the song you requested to play at my wedding? No, that was to
0: <laughs> Genghis Khan with
1: Moscow. Oh, I'm still bitter man. about it. Oh.
0: You guys better renew your vows, and you better play that fucking song, or I'm going to flip the fuck out.
4: <laughs> was it played at your wedding, though? No, we didn't it, have a DJ. Oh. Hmm. Sorry, bitch. Excuse. Bitch. Excuse. I was think I your, invited to your wedding? would to let
0: you. No, I wasn't, so I didn't make a request, bitch. <laughs> Let's
1: Guess not so talk about guys. not getting invited to weddings. I was
0: invited to that all three fault. of y'all's weddings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Haha, I win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How about this, Chad? I was a co-best man. That's great. You were a
4: co-nothing. Yep. <laughs> the way I like it. I hate weddings so much. Shall we get into some Freudian psychology? <laughs>
0: what makes you so upset
4: about the wedding? Usually that I can't get up and shit.
0: Oh, I, I was... <laughs>
4: That makes a lot of sense, <laughs> actually. Especially when you're a groomsman <laughs> and all my thoughts are, please let me go to a bathroom. Please let me go to a bathroom.
0: <laughs> got dark. I was going to make a joke about succubus and stuff, but I'm sorry, man.
4: Nope. Yeah.
0: One day we're going to find a cure and then they're going to charge you a million dollars for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I right? know. <laughs> pharmaceutical
3: companies. Woo.
0: <laughs> Capitalism. Fuck people. Anyway, let's move on. That's the thing. The zombie apocalypse is coming, motherfuckers, so you better just stockpile a shit ton of cash so you could pay for your inoculation.
4: Seriously, do you, like, sit and just
0: hope it comes sometimes? Fuck yeah. No. No, I don't.
2: Uh, because, yeah, nope. You know
4: well, once I want we had kids-
0: die. Wait, I want people to die, but I don't want the traffic that's going to come with it, because I already hate as much traffic as we have now, and I can only imagine what a bunch of idiots flocking around. I bet the people from Southern California go to Northern California thinking, oh, there's going to be safe there. And the fuckers from Northern California are coming to Southern California, and it's just pandemonium, and I can't get on the what's fucking a, freeway. What's the
2: chick from Mad Max? I would basically be the truck driver that just fucking plows over people and bulldozes cars out of the Charlize way. Charlize Theron. What's the name, though? Furiosa. Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I would basically be like her. I would just like create a giant wedge in front of a massive fucking semi-truck. You know and I just think? like plow through things.
0: I think I'd be another famous Charlize Theron where I'd be Eileen Warnos, maybe, because I would look like fucking dog shit on fire if I was in the <laughs> zombie apocalypse, which is what bothers me about Dawn of the Dead, where everybody's pretty. Okay. Yeah, you know what Eileen Warnos looks like? No. The hurts her, her character in Monster, where she has the oh. fucked up tooth oh, and Oh, got it. And yeah. you're yeah. like, that broad is Charlize Theron? Yeah. God damn! <laughs> I've had worse. I say, God damn! <laughs> Dude. No, I'm, I'm really glad my wife doesn't listen to these episodes. <laughs> I don't really go with blondes, but I'll make an exception for you. Charlize, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> you hit up the DMs, slide on in there. Anyway, Meanwhile, Jake would just post that shit on Instagram like, oh my God, look
2: who just slid into this DM. Oh, f-
0: <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so you're right. From here, after the Ra Ra Rasputin. That's what I'm going to hear in my head every time I see this movie from now on.
2: Sean and David get into a fight. From there, David tries to shoot him, which thankfully the gun safety is on. Which is like a
0: good Charlton Heston joke, which is <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> right. That's when David freaks out. He's like, Well, I don't need to stay here anymore. He starts backing up very, very sketchily, I guess, close to the window. And The failed actress is like, listen here, twat. You're getting way too close to the window. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And boom, they slam through the window. Sure as shit. Rip his innards out. Just like Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead.
0: And this is a great scene that's terrified my little brother, Benjamin. Four years, he was, if I do the math, he would have been seven. I was watching this (laughs) with my friends in high school. And he walks through the living room and he had done multiple times because it was a comedy and everything else that he saw in this movie was comedic. And so he (laughs) looks at the TV and sees a man be disemboweled instantly starts crying and runs into a glass door because his eyes were so filled with tears he didn't know that it wasn't open. (laughs) At least the glass door
2: didn't break. It did not. (laughs) Yeah. Because then maybe we might not have met Ben. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) He would. He just would
0: look like Jigsaw from Punisher Warzone. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 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 Which is the
2: best Punisher movie,
0: second only to the Dolph Lundgren one. Well, wait, that doesn't make sense. It is the best. Then the second best is Dolph Lundgren, and the third best is Thomas Jane.
4: Okay, Fair.
0: Have you seen the Dolph Lundgren one? Yep. Where there's the girl who has knife earrings. <laughs> yeah. What?
2: I didn't stutter, bitch. Knife <laughs> earrings. You know what to get me for Christmas. Reminds <laughs> me of the chick in The Kingsman who has the knife, the blade legs. legs. Yeah. yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> it was originally to be played by an amputee. Did you know that? Huh. Well, CG instead. Kind of sad. Taking work from amputees. But Shaun of the Dead gives the work right back with their zombies. <laughs> So he gets eaten. Everything's going bad. They do end up killing Barbara, of course. And Diane, because she tries to grab David's leg as he's being pulled out, she ends up having one of his legs that she's then beating zombies with to try and save her boyfriend, who we acknowledge was always in love with Liz. And she's even aware of that. If you watch all the supplemental stuff, you find out that what happens to her, she ends up chasing, trying to save him, can't. So she climbs up a tree and eats his leg to stay alive for the Fucking next few days cannibal. before moving in with her aunt. <laughs> feel like she needs some decompression time.
4: <laughs> so she doesn't transition to a zombie, though, from She's eating not, no. the dead flesh. Correct. Interesting. But it's not
0: instantaneous when you think about it. I mean, it, it, the argument would probably be that it ripped off before the zombism took hold. True. Right,
2: because, I mean, any kind of zombie flick you think of, somebody gets bit as long as they amputate it. If it's quick enough, then it right. should be fine. So
0: so earlier you had Ed get bit by a zombie when you see Pete who has successfully stumbled all the way to the oh, Winchester. Wait, yep. So he's wounded. It's Sean. It's Liz. They've been using the Winchester rifle to try and shoot, but he's fucking terrible at it. So they hide behind the bar and they use the flaming liqueur to create a partition between them and the zombies. Only problem is he left the shells on the bar, and then they start <laughs> to rifle off one by one. They go into the basement and it's the three of them confronting what they very sincerely think is their death.
2: Right. That's when he kind of goes over the scenario where he's like, well, I suppose I can shoot you and then I could shoot myself. And then he's like, oh, I don't know if I can stand, what does he say, shooting my mom, my flatmate, my flatmate and my girlfriend. She says, who says I took you back? Which I think is great. <laughs> it's always going back to that, right? And he's like, well, you don't want to die single, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's
0: how he wins her back. And you find out that she pocketed his cigarettes because even though she quit and he kept going, now she busts him out. And because they're about to light them up, smoking saved lives. because they see that there is an emergency hatch, which is where the beer kegs get taken down the elevator. So they go up, letting Nick Frost fend for himself. And here is where you get to see Chris Martin from Coldplay. He's a zombie on the street.
2: That (laughs) fucking guy. He
0: has two cameos in this movie because he's also the guy in Zombade. And this is where Yvonne (laughs) comes up with a gang of people, and that's the climax of the movie. So it seems like a little anticlimactic, but I think the resolution is what gets you there. Chad, do you want to tell people what happens and send them off?
4: Everything goes back to normal. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> they fall into the same old routines and now she's fully comfortable with doing nothing but going to the Winchester.
2: Sitting on the couch, watching TV, maybe playing a little time splitters.
4: Yep. And then he said, well, I'm going to step out into the, in the, sh- in the shed, shed. Yeah. right, where you find that he's chained up Ed and he's playing video games.
0: And if you watch Supplemental Materials, he lures Ed using himself as bait to get him there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's pretty cool. <laughs> But it's it's a very cute ending and then you get you're my best friend by queen uh, which "Ooh, you make me live which is hilarious because he's a reanimated corpse right and there's a good little jab in there they talk about the rage infected monkeys are described as quote bollocks which is edgar wright making a slide at danny Boyle's 28 days later because he hated the fact that there were fast zombies <laughs> he just couldn't get over it so there's that <laughs> and um yeah i mean We've talked about it. This movie is as near a perfect, like, big budget thing. Because this is like, this works because it's supposed to work. A movie like Blood Diner doesn't, it it works in spite of everything, right? Uh, Well, I'm looking at you, you haven't seen it. but What?
2: um, Jim Turn hasn't seen Blood Diner? Neither has Chad. Jesus Christ. What are we doing wrong? I I have it on Blu-ray. I have been here
4: several times and you guys are like, yeah, we'll watch it. Never offered once. God damn it.
0: Well, I always want to put it on a projector, but I I don't have that technology for a Blu-ray player
4: okay don't you yeah
1: well what's the problem then
4: i don't know they never come to my (laughs) house because i live too far away
1: yeah basically pretty sure you could bring a projector it's not worth
0: it all right boys (laughs) what are we rating this i would vote this as a classic and right now the reigning defending champion is alien and that is a tough one for me i will say that my personal preference would be alien i
2: so i'm literally wearing a face let me let me just jump in here last time we recorded this, you had not done alien. Correct. And it was Jaws and Shaun of the dead took over Jaws Correct. as the champion. I had no, so then it got usurped. Yeah, I had no qualms about it at that point, but with alien, I mean, like I said, it just
0: so happens I'm wearing my face hugger shirt tonight, but I mean, I think that that movie is very spectacular. Yeah, I, I agree. You might catch me on a different day and where I'm in a different mood and it might be Shaun of the dead. Like it's, they're close. It's like a 1A, 1B. Right. They're, in terms of genre, they're so different. It's kind of hard that we classify it as such. But I think that for me, I think the alien still wins. But if we leave it to the quorum, we just need a majority. And I'm totally fine getting rid of it and replacing
2: with Shauna of the Dead if you want.
4: Not for me. I'm alien all the way.
0: Alien, for sure. Yeah. Jim, what do you
2: think? Uh, it doesn't matter because it's three against one. But go for <laughs> it. <laughs> Definitely. And also, like- in turns, you only get <laughs> a <point> .5 vote. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. A two-thirds. I definitely
1: like Alien, but this is more my type of movie. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. It's def. It's top of the list of favorite movies, probably.
0: That's awesome. It's good. And so next week we're coming at you with The Shining. Get your puckered pink buttholes ready for The Shining because they're pink, next huh week- they're not brown. No, they're, they're, they're sure all not. bleached. No, all of them.
4: Ain't <laughs> <laughs> bleaching. All the rave.
0: In fact, use our promo cone slash your pod <laughs> to get anus bleached. But uh, yeah, because obviously in November, Dr. Sleep is coming out. So we'll also be doing a Deceiving Hing adaptation for November is going to be uh, that. And with that being said, I'd like to thank you all for sticking with us and listening to this whole episode and listening to other episodes. Hopefully you're telling people about it. You know, we've tried to consistently put out good content. And I think that one of the things we've been really excited about is branching out into other things so that's what i mean by you know movies and more for those who love horror i have a two-part most likely based on the amount the extensive amount of research i've done so weird that jake's doing a crazy amount of research (laughs) why would he do that for marvel zombies which was conceptualized by mark millar of kick-ass fame civil war nemesis i mean
2: we have a couple of fun ones lined up though
0: yeah brian you have a research one don't say what it is but you can nod an approval And Chad has a good one, and we also have, uh, please recall, the Battle of the Cryptids International Edition is going to be coming too. So We have a bunch of stuff like that. We're very receptive when it comes to feedback on social media, so if you have ideas, feedback on improving the show in its own right, please let us know. Recommendations for future episodes, we always appreciate it. Please do like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, I always thought that it was super annoying when I would listen to a podcast and people would say it, but it would blow your fucking mind what that does for metadata online. And, you know, I, I can only make so many fake emails and subscribe to my <laughs> shit. <laughs> With that being said, gentlemen, shall we say our last action lines and let these people go about their merry fucking
2: business? Let's do it. If you ain't watching him dying, you ain't really trying.
4: Enjoy killing time until next week. Beep, beep, fuck boys.
2: <laughs> and for Brian, Chad, Jim and
0: myself, my name is Jake reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.
5: Damn, that is one good movie. I hope that was one good episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to record, even the second time. I want to make sure I give an extra special shout-out and thank you, and just pour my guts out for how grateful I am to our Patreon patrons who have helped us invest in significantly better audio equipment than we started off with. The fact that this has only happened once in our show's career actually... Is kind of shocking when you think of the routine technical errors I find myself in. Now, our musical guest this week for Hidden Tracks is Adriana Crickle, and I mention this specifically because she uses synthesizers to create awesome soundscapes. She started off using synthesizers and stuff from Radio Shack back in the day, and she has self-taught herself to get to a point where she's being produced by Grammy award winning OK Go member Dan kanopka She has been kind enough to give us cassettes to give to you, our listeners. All you have to do to enter to win is just show us that you've supported her in some way, whether it's listening to her stuff on Spotify, following on Instagram. You send me a screen cap, and I will send you cassettes, I will send you stickers. I will send you buttons and you will be a happy camper. So go ahead and enjoy Adriana's work and make sure to let us know that you've supported her.